Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. My message is called today, Finding Treasure. It's called Finding Treasure. Look at that beautiful picture there, Finding Treasure. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. So, you know, Dan and I have been talking about this year that God is prophetically in this season bringing people into their promised land, bringing people into their promised land. And land always means people. It doesn't just mean a a location or a territory or a position. It means people. He's expanding your territory this year to get your awesome self into the lives of more people. And... I'll talk more about why he's doing that in just a few minutes, but just know that God is building his kingdom through you. And I feel like it's such an honor and privilege that we get to partner with almighty God to build his kingdom here on the earth. Like God's kingdom is his promised land and we get to expand his territory with him and for him. Right now, if you can picture God's kingdom as his promised land, It's a land full of buried treasure, full of buried treasure. And that just means it's full of people that Jesus died for, people that he loves so deeply, he's given them identity and purpose, and they don't even know it yet. It's like they're buried underneath the dirt of their past. They've got a whole bunch of stuff that's just covered them up and things that have happened to them, things that they've done that they feel guilty about. Um, but we get to discover them and get to show them how valuable they are in Jesus. And let me show you that in Matthew 13. Matthew 13, 44, it says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and he sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. That just means Jesus gave his life so that you could be his treasures. Their treasures that have dirt on them that have been buried a long time are still worth just as much as treasures that have already been cleaned up. They're valuable. They're so valuable, he gave everything. Then he goes on to say, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and he bought it. That to me says that every single person is a pearl of great value. Jesus literally gave everything for you. So how do we get to find this buried treasure in God's kingdom and then build his kingdom with it? That's what today's message is going to be about. So let's pray just a second. So Lord, we just give you our hearts today. We give you this word that you're about to send forth You said that you plant the words in the hearts of the hearers, and it always bears fruit wherever you send it. So we trust you for that today. Father, reveal who you are today and reveal to us who we are, how valuable we are to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So let me answer that why. Like, why are we partnering with God to find this buried treasure? It's because we're building God's house. We've got a builder in the house. (laughs) We have one person in here who's a builder, okay. But we're all builders. 
we're building God's house. Like we are building a beautiful temple for him. If you can picture that, the Bible calls it a temple not made with hands, made out of living stones. Every person, this is people made in God's image, priceless to him. They're like these precious stones like built into the walls of his house. Mothers are like treasure finders and builders. That's one reason we're celebrating mothers today because they're treasure finders. They build their home and they build their family. Proverbs 24, three and four says, through skillful and godly wisdom, a house, meaning a life, a a home, a family, is built. And by understanding, it's established on a sound and good foundation. And by knowledge, its rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. That's your family that you're building into God's kingdom. They are precious and pleasant riches. In the same way, God is building his house and his family with beautiful treasures. Uh, Haggai 2.7 explains it. God is talking here. He says, I will shake all the nations. And we know like that's happening right now. (laughs) The nations are being shaken. But it leads to the next part. Then the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Those treasures are people. People that are priceless to God. After the shaking of the nations, treasures fill his temple. People that are priceless. God gave up his only son. Jesus poured out his life and poured out his blood on purpose because people are that valuable to him. We are his reward. The Bible says about Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and the shame of the cross. He was looking forward to people, you and me. We are his treasures. We are the joy that Jesus was looking forward to. So the reward for his suffering is multitudes of people coming into his kingdom. I just picture each person like that buried treasure that's pulled up out of the dirt and then it's set very carefully in the walls of his house. Very... um, intentionally, exactly where it needs to go. Revelation 21, 18 and 19. The wall of God's house was made of jasper and the city of pure gold, as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. That's people set carefully into the wall of God's house You and me and all the people around you, precious to God. So if you can start looking at people that way as valuable and honored and precious to God, then you can partner with him to bring them to Jesus and help them grow strong in him. This morning as I was thinking about this, about each person intentionally set into the walls of God's house, I realized that when stones are set next to each other, they strengthen the ones next to them. And the stones next to them strengthen them. So we are set exactly in the right place in God's house to build up and strengthen the people around us. And they build up and strengthen us.
which is so beautiful. So how do we get to find these hidden treasures and then we build or strengthen them in God? And I've got a few practical ways that we get to build people into God's family. And with all of these that I'm talking about today, always start with yourself. Always think about yourself first because this is how God treats you. And if you know these things of yourself, you can give it to other people. So number one, to build people into God's house Honor all people. Honor all people. I think we have those points. Yeah, honor all people. So just look around you at the people in your life every day and start to see them the way that God sees them because if you think about why he honors them and considers them priceless, you'll start to see their heart. You'll start to see who they really are. Not just their outward actions like not just their um, maybe hard exterior, but to honor somebody is to accept them for who they are. When you can cut through that external behavior, like people have walls and they have defensiveness sometimes. They have pride or they have shame or fear, bitterness on the outside. But when you cut through all of that, you get to see the real heart of the person. We all can tell when someone is like a negative, angry person, they have this hard, hardened exterior, kind of very prickly kind of person, personality. That person is just covering up a very tender heart, a tender heart that's probably been hurt a lot through life. And they use hurt, they use uh, anger and defensiveness to try to protect themselves. But when you or I get more angry at them because of their walls and their anger, it just drives that tender heart deeper down inside and the walls get higher and it gets harder to break through. But what starts to happen when you begin to honor that person for the tender heart that's underneath all of that? I'll show you what happens. They begin to open up to the Father. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2, he starts to say, God is talking. He says, but now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you. And I'm just going to go back for a second and say, why did he call him Jacob and then Israel? He's reminding him because Jacob is the name that he was given at birth but it means liar and deceiver. So he's reminding him of his past. These things were true of Jacob in the past. He's saying, I know that you've been called a deceiver and a manipulator and a liar, and those things were true. But listen, I created you. He says, I call you Israel. Israel was the name that Jacob was given after he wrestled with God through the night, and he prevailed. God called him Israel, which means, and that's his real identity, it means prince with God, son of the king. So he's reminding him, yes, you have a past, and people have called you deceiver and liar, but I call you child of the king. So he goes on to say, 
The one who formed you says, don't be afraid because I've ransomed you. I've called you by name. You're mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. So you don't have to be anxious or defensive or angry or bitter or worried. Because I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll defend you. I'll protect you no matter what happens. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you're precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Some of you are going through this right now. You're going through some fire and some flood waters. But God doesn't pick out how angry you've become because of the difficult things that have happened to you or that you've been through. He says, I love you. I created you. You're mine. I honor you. I know you felt dishonored. There's people that have called you things in the past, and some of those things are true. But I call you my child. I'm proud of who you are. You're a prince or a princess in my house. When God calls out the true identity of a person, he sees the heart of that person instead of what has happened to you or instead of the, um, the, the anger or the shame because of what has happened. It gives you strength. He's strengthening you. He's honoring you. There's another scripture that says, storm-battered city, I will rebuild you with precious stones. So God is so tender. He's so caring and loving. He acknowledges the hurt that you've been through. He's like, I know you're storm-battered. I know you've been through a lot. Storm-battered city. But he, he doesn't rebuke you for that having broken walls, for being battered by the storm. He just says, I'm going to rebuild you. I'm going to heal your broken areas. I'm going to make it beautiful. Maybe there's a, a very anxious, worried person. Luke 12, Jesus addresses that. He addresses the heart of the person. And I'm just going to read it on the screen because I don't have it in my notes. Jesus is talking again here. He says, what is the price of five sparrows? Two copper coins, two, two little pennies. Yet God doesn't forget a single one of them. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid you are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. And I think that shows his heart. He's speaking your value to you. He doesn't address or rebuke you for being afraid or worried. And he doesn't say, that's who you are. It's just a worried, anxious person. He says, you are valuable. I call you valuable. I'm going to take care of you. So when you honor a person, you speak to their heart, you call out their true identity, and it actually cuts through all of that fear and the external bitterness and the high walls that they built up around their hearts and allows their real heart to come out. Here's how it happened with Nathaniel. 
Jesus is talking about Nathanael in um, John 1. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Philip replies, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? And he's saying it like in an attitude of mocking, just a, kind of a bad attitude towards people, like attitude of bitterness and mocking. Well, come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Then Nathanael is like, how do you know me? Like the real me. And he's amazed. Jesus answered, he said, because I saw you, your heart of integrity, while you were still under the fig tree, before Philip even called you. And when Jesus called out his heart and said, I see the real you, I see that you're a man of integrity. I know you, the real you. Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. He didn't say to Nathanael, oh, you're the one who mocks people who come from Nazareth. You're the one who's bitter towards people from Nazareth. When Jesus honored Nathanael's heart, he said, I know the real you. I know there's a, you're a man in whom there's no deceit. You're a man of integrity. And Nathanael, when he heard Jesus say who he really was, his tone quickly changed from mocking to awe and wonder. And that's what happens when you call out the true heart of a person. They become in awe of Jesus. They're like, how do you know the real me? Another example is Mary Magdalene. When she came into the house and she poured expensive perfume all over Jesus' feet and the disciples were like, don't you know what kind of woman this is that is touching you? Because she'd been a prostitute. Jesus had delivered her of seven demons. And Jesus was like, yes, I know her. I know her heart. I know the real Mary. She's been forgiven much, so she loves much. He didn't see her past or the sin or the addictions or the bad choices of her past. He saw her heart, and he spoke out who she really was. She's a woman who has a big heart, full of love, compassion, humility, and gratitude for Jesus forgiving her. And when I was writing this message, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge that some of you listening and watching, you feel a lot like Mary Magdalene. You have a colorful past and you've made some bad decisions in your past. And some people still look at you like they don't trust you because of what you've done and where you've been. But Jesus is calling out your true identity. He knows your heart. You're not a product of your past. You're forgiven much, and you're free to love Jesus like with no hold, holding back, no holding back. So if that's you, we would, love to, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us on our website or something, but just know that he's addressing your heart. He sees who you really are, and he trusts you. He trusts you. The Holy Spirit knows the real you. He knows the people around you. 
He knows their hearts. So when you can see their hearts and speak out who they really are, it breaks down all their defenses. They're, then they're willing to hear what you have to say about Jesus. All people are made in God's image. So when you honor people, you're honoring God. You're honoring God. And Jesus was really revolutionary in his day because he honored those that were considered least honorable at that time, like children and women and tax collectors and sinners. He treated them all with respect. He saw their external behavior, but he saw past it to the treasure of the real person on the inside that was created by God. He said, let the little children come to me. Maybe you've heard the saying, children should be seen and not heard. But Jesus wants children to be seen and heard. If we really listen to what children have to say, I mean, you moms, you know, they have a lot of wisdom. They have like this this beautiful, pure faith and this trust in God that we can learn from. And I said this on the, the radio broadcast too, but any mothers who are listening and watching, and you can think of some wise, cute things that your kids have said that you've learned something from, we want to hear from you. Put your comments in the live stream, or you can send us an email at getreslife.org. But we want to hear what your children have said, because children should be seen and heard. Jesus said, let the little children come to me, because they have something of value that all of us can learn from. So a little side note, a couple of days ago, I was reading about that verse that says your eye is a lamp for your body, and if your eye is good, it lets in lots of light. Well, I was reading the meaning behind that verse, and it gives this picture of eyes that are wide open in awe and wonder, like children, childlike awe and wonder. And it's those childlike wide open eyes that can actually see things clearly, the way that God sees. I've been hearing for a couple of weeks now that in this season, the Father is bringing us back to childlike awe and wonder. That we don't have to carry these heavy burdens of adulthood. We we come into adulthood and we have all these responsibilities and we take them on our own shoulders. And he's like, those aren't burdens I asked you to carry. All those people, even your family members, they're not your responsibility, they're mine, he said. So he's bringing us back to childlike awe and wonder, seeing things with wide open eyes the way that God sees them. I had another word of knowledge that God showed me. Some of you, and this is a really, oh, so powerful from his heart, He showed me that some of you have experienced such deep hurts in childhood where you, who you are, was dishonored in some really painful ways. And I'm emotional, not for myself because I had a great childhood, but for those of you that I know this is for, You were dishonored as children, but this is the season where the Father's healing you and he's showing you honor instead of shame. The word says, forget the shame of your youth. God gives you double honor 
in place of your former shame. You're about to be restored to that childlike awe and wonder and freedom. So here's some examples of how Jesus treated people back in his day when these people were the least honored, the least important in society, lower class kind of people. But this is how how God honored them. First of all, the, the young shepherd, shepherds that were allowed to be the first ones to receive the good news about Jesus' birth, the angels came and they appeared to the shepherds. Those shepherds in that day were, were like teenage girls usually. They were young girls, some of them boys, but teenagers, young. Boys and girls. They were uh, looked down on by the rest of society but they got to hear the news first about Jesus. Then the disciples, the disciples, they were uneducated men. They weren't considered important in any way, but Jesus deliberately chose them to change the world. Then there was the woman caught in adultery. She was humiliated by all the religious people, but Jesus said, I don't condemn you. I forgive you. Coffee. And women, women were also not considered real citizens of society, but the women were allowed to be the first ones to see and hear about Jesus' resurrection. So God's heart is, (coughs) sorry, sorry guys. God's heart is that he chooses the weak and the foolish ones, like the childlike ones to do great things in his kingdom. 1 Corinthians 1.27 talks about that. If you want to look it up, I don't have it. Um, I won't have it on the screens, but he chooses weak and foolish ones to do great things. So even if someone is very different from you or you disagree with the way they do things, you can honor them for who they are. Try to see their heart because they're made in the image of God. Look for the real heart. It might be buried treasure under years of dirt and pain, but it's there and they are still priceless. When you call that out, it will soften their heart. So number one is to find treasure and build God's kingdom with it, honor all people. And number two, encourage all people. Number two is encourage all people. And that's closely related to honor. Encourage literally means speak courage into. It means to build or make strong and brave. And I was thinking about how moms do this. They do this with their children. They're like, oh, you are so strong when their child does something cute. Uh, you're so fast, you're so smart. And when they speak that into them, the child tries harder. They want to run faster. They want to impress their parents, you know? So moms, you're literally speaking strength and courage into your children when you speak those things. You have the ability to speak strength and bravery into somebody. Every true encouragement that's spoken is like fortifying that person's spirit. Proverbs says, 1821, it says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. It means that you can use words to build up or tear down. So your words of encouragement literally create a strong spirit in people. Your spouse, your children, your ministry team, or your coworkers. And because we're made in God's image, our words hold power like God's words do. 
It's why Jesus would only say what he heard the Father saying, because he knew how powerful his words were, what they could create and do on the earth. That's what we have. Uh, Dan talked about the power of our words in a message that he preached a while back, and we could really preach a whole series on words. I love words. I'm a words person. Um, but this, this experiment that he talked about um, is a really powerful example of how powerful words are. Uh, there's this guy called Dr. Emoto. He did an experiment where he had water molecules in Petri dishes, and he spoke words of life and love to these water molecules in these Petri dishes over here, and then he spoke words of death and hate to these other water molecules in these other Petri dishes. Well, once they crystallized, the ones that he spoke words of life to became beautiful, like snowflakes in, like, unique and beautiful um, from the words of life. And the ones that he spoke words of death and bitterness and hatred to, they became deformed and dark, broken and diseased from those words. And if you think about it, the human bodies are made of 70% water, and so words are doing this to our bodies. Words can literally create something beautiful, healthy, and full of love, or they can uh, tear down and become something bitter and diseased and painful. That's about what you speak to others and about yourself as well. But the good news is, if you've been speaking those negative words over other people or over yourself, you can reverse the curse. <laughs> you can start now speaking words of encouragement and kindness, and it will create something beautiful. You have this ability with your words to replace fear and shame in people with courage and faith and love. And I just feel like that's such a privilege. That's a way that we partner with God. When we can say the words that God says into somebody, it does the same thing that God's words do in that person. That's why it matters to see the real person underneath that, their outward actions because then you can speak courage to their heart, the real spirit of the person. And great news, people become what you speak into them. They will become what you say of them, including yourself. You're not what people have spoken over you in the past. That's not, that's not who you are. What the devil says about you every day, that is not who you are. It's what God has to say. Because what the enemy says and what people have said is just dirt on the outside. But God's um, finding you, your buried treasure, and he's picking you up out of the dirt, and he's speaking into you. No, you're priceless. So to build up a person who's weak in their faith, you just, you tell them who they really are. You say, you're a mighty man or a mighty woman of God. Like God said that, that to Gideon, he was, he was hiding, he was scared, he was hiding from the enemy, he was feeling weak and insignificant. He said, I'm the smallest among all my brothers, I have the smallest, most insignificant clan in our family, and maybe sometimes you feel that way. Maybe you feel powerless and unsure of yourself and insecure sometimes, and I'm just going to be honest. I do. We do. As leaders, I think if any leader is honest, 
we feel insecure sometimes and we feel like, what do we do in this situation? It's important to be honest with yourself and with God. But then let God be honest with you because God called Gideon out and he said, oh no, this is who you really are. You're a mighty man of valor. And Gideon, hearing that, he got so strong in his spirit that he was able to defeat all the enemies. He was able to to win a huge victory for the kingdom. And here's another word of knowledge that I got. The Lord showed me, someone watching and listening today, you feel insignificant like Gideon. You feel like a failure. And maybe there have been some things that look like that in your life, but God is calling you who you really are. He's saying you are a mighty warrior. He's pouring courage into you. Even though you feel like the weakest among your family, among some other leaders around you, you're being called to win a great victory for God. And you have to believe this, which leads to my last point. To find buried treasure and build God's kingdom with it, you have to believe in all people. That's number three, believe in all people. And this applies to building up of yourself too because you're that valuable piece of God's kingdom. You're made in his image. To be that mighty man, Gideon had to believe it first. 1 Corinthians 3.12 says, you get to build your life into something beautiful and strong for God. You get to choose how you build your life. Anyone who builds on that foundation, that means Jesus Christ, may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder receives a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and the spirit of God lives in you? So explaining this Scripture here, gold and silver and precious jewels would be like building your life and building other people's lives with honor and encouragement and faith like we've been talking about today. Things that have eternal value. Things that God builds with. They're materials that last forever. Have real lasting substance. So to build your life and others with honor with lasting substance, you have to first believe who God says that you are. You're his child. He considers you valuable, significant, priceless, and honored. He's proud of you. He's proud. Like we mothers, we're so proud of our children. We love to show off their pictures and show off their achievements and show off how awesome of a person they are and show off their, you know, like talk about how great their heart is and their character. God feels that way about you. He loves to show you off. He's super proud of you, who you are, not just for what you've done, but who you are. And when you believe that, then you begin to live it out, which Dan talked about last week in his message. When you believe something about yourself, you're going to automatically begin treating others that same way. If you believe that you're loved, you're going to give that freely to other people. 
The Bible says we love because he first loved us first. The, he, he loved us first. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. He's poured his love into our hearts by his Holy Spirit. If you're having a hard time believing that God's love and how proud he is of you as his child, you're going to have a hard time valuing and loving other people too. And it's not that you don't want to. I know you do. You want to, but there are some lies maybe in your soul that need to be removed so you can believe the truth about how much he loves you and cares about you. There are lies that say you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you don't measure up, you're always rejected, and those lead to shame and trying to perform just right so people will accept you, which is miserable. It's a miserable way to live, and I know because I've been there. It's a vicious cycle because you'll actually never be what other people expect you to be. You can try, 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 but somebody won't be happy, right? But you'll always be who God always meant you to be. So that's a whole different message in itself about recognizing and removing lies, but just if you're having a hard time believing who God says that you are, just ask him, ask the Lord, what lies do you believe about yourself? And repent for living that way. Repent for making decisions out of fear and shame instead of out of confidence in who you are as as his child. Repent for seeing other people that way. Performance and expectations on yourself, they always lead to putting that on other people around you. And then you're disappointed and you're upset and angry because they're not fulfilling the expectations you might have had for them. On Mother's Day, this is so important. We moms, we know, we know we're celebrating you today. And and I believe that one gift that God is giving you for for Mother's Day is freedom from shame and rejection. I heard him tell me that as I was writing this message. He's giving you a gift. He's giving you freedom from shame and rejection. He's giving you healing for your heart so that you can really be who God called you to be. And it's so important for us mothers because the obstacles that we remove from our souls, the lies that we're willing to let go of and begin believing the truth, our children won't have to stumble over those same obstacles. They won't have to believe those same lies. The freedom and the confidence that you gain, you get to pass on to your children and your future generations. So believe who you are as a child of God. Just know God places you right in the middle of a sphere of influence where you're gonna make the biggest impact with who you are. We talked about those stones, those uh, buried treasure. You're like that precious stone. You're pulled out of the dirt. You're dusted off, and you're, you're put in the wall of God's house exactly where you need to be, very intentional by God, in God's house. Each stone strengthening the ones around it. It matters that you believe that you're in your specific family on purpose, that you are in this church body on purpose. You're in this community that you live in on purpose. You are in your workplace and your business on purpose. Very purposeful by God. There are people around you who need what you have. They need who you are on the inside. And you need what they have. 
they are strengthening you and you strengthening them. If you believe that, then you'll be very intentional about pouring into the people around you. And God will always connect you with the right people, the people your life is meant to impact. Just stay faithful right where he's placed you. Luke eleven thirty three says, no one lights a lamp and then hides it or puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. I picture this like God gave you a lampstand where you're placed. He gave you a lampstand to share your light with everyone in your room. That's your circle of influence at church or school or work, your family. As you share who you are with them, he will move your lampstand to even bigger and bigger rooms with more and more people who need what you have in you. Matthew 25, 21 says this. The master, representing God, he was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, shining your light in this small room full of people. Now, I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. So that's faithful where you're at. He will give you more and more responsibilities. Uh, last week, I, I did a little study on Isaiah 54 when it talks about stretch out your tent pegs and you're going to be bursting at the seams. I'm growing and expanding your territory. It literally means in the Hebrew, shine brighter, shine further. Let your light reach more people. That's what God is doing in this season with you. And just a side note, you don't have to shine anybody else's light but your own. Your light is unique to you. Who you are has to impact more and more people. God wants your, your light to shine and impact more and more people. So when you believe in yourself and who you are, you will automatically believe in the people around you and you'll start looking for ways to show them how valuable they are, to show them that they are meant to be built into the walls of God's house as well. So you can build them up, start with yourself. You won't even have to try because God will keep expanding your territory to find those treasures and to build them into his kingdom. And I'm just going to end here with this. Maybe you never knew. Maybe you're watching or listening today and you never really knew that you are that priceless treasure to God. And today he is discovering you. He's picking you up out of that dark dirt that you've been buried under and he's dusting you off, cleaning you off, and he's showing you how valuable you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been buried underneath the dirt of your past and all the junk that you've been through, you are just as valuable as a treasure that's been out in the open all their life. Jesus gave his life to erase your sins and your past. He loves you that much and he's making you new and he's making you clean. If you've never known that before and you want to know Jesus, maybe you have a past that's full of shame and uh, fear and um, dishonor, you felt dishonored and you just want to know Jesus as that friend that will never reject you. Just pray this prayer with me. Just repeat this after me as I pray. Jesus, come into my heart. 
Forgive me for living in fear and shame and self-hatred. Erase my past and my shame. Show me the value that you place on me. Show me how much the Father loves me. Give me childlike freedom and wonder again. And let me find other buried treasures and bring them to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Love you so much and happy Mother's Day. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.